This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a big week when RHAP is on the road in Chicago. Check out my live show from Chicago. That's going to be up on Thursday, Wednesday night. Shannon Gus is going to be live with you with Kelly Wentworth after Survivor. And we preview the Dondi finale with Deal or No Deal Island host Joe Manganiello all right here on RHAP. We know reality TV. Welcome to Road to Reality, a limited series where I, Kellen Bechtold, go on a conversational journey with fellow Survivor contestants about their real lives. In this 10-part series, we invite you to listen in on unscripted conversations that, crazy enough, aren't really about playing Survivor, but about being a person who was on Survivor. These are deep dive conversations, not into post-game strategy, but into the lives of contestants before and after Survivor and the experiences that shaped them into who they are today. So sit back, relax, and join me as we take a ride down the road to reality. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Road to Reality. Today, we are talking with another David versus Goliath, David, Davey Rickenbacker. We talk with Davey about how he ended up as a public health professional working at the CDC during the pandemic, how being an extrovert means something different once you enter the world of reality TV. Growing up as a middle child of three boys in South Carolina and bringing his childhood dreams to life and adulthood, how he's navigating being an influencer online and in Atlanta, and of course, his experience of being on Survivor and his specific reasons for wanting to play again in the new era. Davey lets us into his world in a way that feels like going on an adventure with him. My face hurt throughout the interview from smiling through so much of it. He mentioned at Ponderosa that Gabby Pascuzzi gave him one of his favorite compliments of all time, which was, I've never met anyone like you. And I cannot agree more. There is no one else like Davey Rickenbacker on this planet. And we are so lucky to spend time with him today. He is a glow of positive energy in 
an extremely genuine way. And I had an absolute blast. I could have talked to him for five hours, I think. It went by in an absolute instant. And I assume it will be the same for you. If anyone who works in television happens to be listening to this, get Davey Rickenbacker back on our televisions as soon as possible. The world needs more Davey. We start out with, of course, where's Davey in the world today? I present to you the uncommon, calculating, and adventurous Davey Rickenbacker. Let's start with just where in the world are you today? I love that because my uh, tagline that I've been that really RHP created was "Where's Davy?" <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I didn't even think of well, that. Well, of course, my mom <laughs> created it, but they just love that, and I've even been using it on you know my influencer tags when I'm uh, creating for different uh, uh, spaces and businesses. I'm like, "Where's Davy?" Dot tag the business. So thank you, RHP. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, but yeah, uh, let's see, where am I right now? So I'm still located in Atlanta, Georgia, um, still working for the Center for Disease Control, though um, it's a lot different post-COVID than it was pre-COVID. Um, <clears throat> just to say a little bit about that, uh, telework culture has become in- imminent. Are you working <laughs> uh, remote full-time? Completely, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no plans for us to go back to the office, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there has been instances where we'll come in the office for, like, these group meets, which I appreciate, but I feel like if we're able to work efficiently, remotely, why not continue to do it, you know? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, I don't think I would ever go back. I'd sometimes think about the amount of money I would have to make to like get up and go into an office every day. Here I am at 7 p.m. My hair is still not brushed. Like I, it it would have to be a big fat paycheck. Oh my God. I just put on a t-shirt for you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I'm here in Atlanta doing these things. You know, um, I was blessed after Survivor to get a, uh, I won't say a huge following because you know, we don't get followings like Big Brother and The Bachelor, but we do have a substantial amount of followers. Some and... of us more than others. You <laughs> being the more, me being the less. Come on, everybody. Help me out. <laughs> right. So, I mean, so I have used that to kind of keep my, what is the phrase? Is it seven seconds of fame, 15 seconds of fame? To kind of keep that bit of fame and bit of fandom. And it's really worked because social media has grown since I got off the show. So I feel like so I'm growing much, with it. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we forget. I mean, I, I mean, Instagram was around before yeah. we played because yeah. I would have just played like the year before you. And like, yeah, Instagram was a thing for certain, yeah. but like not everyone even had it. That yes. I remember specifically with your season because Wendell was posting a lot and I kind of was mimicking uh, what I could do and couldn't do off of what he did. Maybe I shouldn't have because he won, but hey, I was still going to do it. Um, and I remember specifically that you guys didn't even have stories when when your season came out. We were not allowed to post anything at all. Wow. We were not supposed to be posting anything at all, except that uh, the PR team, like for the first few episodes, gave us four photos that we could post, oh my but God. that was it. 
Oh, we we weren't supposed to be tweeting or anything. Oh, this oh. is I curse on this podcast, so um, you can okay, talk okay, whatever okay. you'd like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, but no, I, I just say that to say that when our season came out, we did have stories. So that's what I, what I mean as uh, social media kind of has been growing with me, and I was always good at like. Um, in my fraternity, I was the photographer guy, so I was good at capturing moments before it was a thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even in high school, I was in this uh, organization called Kappa League, Key Club, all of that stuff. I had those photo photo skills. So um, it kind of just came second nature to me. I don't know if that's something maybe I should have focused on in school and maybe actually catered my uh, uh, education towards that. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get me wrong. I love public health. Uh, I love what I... Actually, let me step back. So the listeners know I have my bachelor's degree in environmental sciences and my master's degree in uh, public health, um, which me and Kellen have in common. (laughs) That's right. I was going to say, I don't know. People probably don't know. My bachelor's is in environmental management and my master's degree is in public health. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Same path. So, yeah. So I, so I, um. Right before I went out onto onto Survivor, maybe about a year before, is when when I was uh, getting my uh, MPH, and I happened to be working at CDC one day, and a pop up popped up. Well, let me keep it real. I was searching for uh, casting calls, and I, <laughs> I saw, okay, and I saw one that was gonna be in Georgia, and I'm like, what? It's right down the street from me. Oh, I gotta go, and um. I told the story a million times. I'm sure some of the listeners know, but um, I played hooky from work that day <laughs> and uh, I drove down to, it was at a zoo, a petting zoo, one of those zoos where you get to drive through and uh, feed the animals. Um, <laughs> and, and, passing and, I guess that maybe because of safari type, I don't know. <laughs> um, but I, and this is why I don't tell people like to bank on casting calls because it was not a great experience. <laughs> it was it, it like, come on, like they wanted you to speak in front of a camera. No one's talking to you. They were like, okay, just go. I'm like, what the hell do I say to, a, to myself? <laughs> you know, ask me a question. I thought that this was going to be like a confessional or something, but no, it wasn't. And I kind of just goofed that, but that gave me the confidence to say, hey, Davey, if you're serious about this, take your ass home, find somebody to help you, record some things, throw it on. And I did that. And literally, maybe a week later, they called. So I guess that was, you know, it's all stepping stones. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, I, I haven't talked to anyone. I don't even, well, a couple of people on my season, but outside of that, I hadn't talked to anyone who had been to a live casting call. So I never pictured um, the petting zoo setting. Yeah. so you are how long have you been at the cdc so i uh hmm, man i guess it's been a total of about six years now well what year is it 2023 um i got out of school in 16 and um went straight to cdc um left there in 18 so about five or six years yeah okay so um and, and now I, I didn't start off as like a full-time person. I started off as a fel- in a fellowship role of uh, uh, organization called ORISE. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but they basically take um, incoming uh, graduates or is it incoming? Yeah, uh, gr- recent graduates and they yeah. try to train them um, in the public health roles. And I did health communications. Um, 
And I really felt like health communications was very close to social media. So I was like, my social media expertise might come in handy for this. I didn't really go to school for this. I mean, I did it while I was in school, but it's going to come in handy. And lo and behold, that also helped me get on Survivor because uh, they (laughs) saw that as an opportunity because like I put on my application or, or what I wanted to be referred to as my occupation, health communications specialist. They probably flipped that and made me a social media manager. And I was like, hmm, I guess I kind of was at that time. So, okay, I'll allow it. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take yeah. it. Uh, those, those little things. I forget. I think, oh, no, they had me as a career count. I convinced them to put as a career counselor then, even though my full-time job was working at Blue Cross Blue Shield, like oh, right yeah. before I quit. But yeah. uh, Laurel for my season also was like a health consultant. So they wanted her yeah. to have that title. So okay, um, okay. I was kind of like leading the witness to the career okay. I wanted to have. So I got them to fill that out. But um, okay. so tell me how you decided to go into the public health sphere coming out of environmental science. Like what were your passions leading you that way? Okay. Well, let me go all the way back to before environmental science, because, okay, I went to Tuskegee University, which is a very well-known HBCU, and the uh, area that they're most known for is veterinary medicine. So, yeah, so in high school, or excuse me, in my younger days in South Carolina, I wanted to become a veterinarian. Um, I had a passion for animals. You know, I love animals. My little husky's right there looking at me right now. Um... But I optioned as a wildlife veterinary medicine, uh, excuse me, animal science major, which was a program that had about three students in it. And because it had about three students in it, they dropped the program. And yeah, and in order to get out of school on time, the closest thing to it was environmental science. So I'm like, okay, you know what, if if I want to go to, I got to go to vet school anyway, if I want to go to vet school. I have those credits. So uh, what I did was after environmental science, I worked as a vet tech for a little bit. <laughs> and I was, I was great at it. I, I, I loved it, I, I was, but I was not making what I wanted to be making yeah. to be coming out of school. I have no doubt that you were great at it. Um, yeah. Were you working with like cats and dogs vets yeah, or the wildlife? Yeah. Yes, I was working. At, I was working at Banfield, which is a chain veterinary uh, mm-hmm. uh, field with PetSmart. Um, yeah, and I was, you know, I was, and I uh, even dubbed myself the EHS manager at the hospital. So I think that was in me trying to figure out, you know, like I want to be able to use my degree. So I'm going to call myself the EHS manager. I used to host these PowerPoint presentations for the team and everything. But I mean, it was something to look good on my resume for what was to come. For um, sure. For yeah, sure. I love so, that. So, Creating right. space for where you want to go, uh, where you already are. Yes. So, um, so yeah, so I, I worked in that for a while, um, and then this opportunity was presented to me at Tuskegee, my alma mater, um, for the new public health program that they had. And so I did my research. My father was a big fan of it. My mother was a big fan of it. And I did my research, and I was like, you know what? I would love to still be involved with animals. Um, but I think that this is a route that I would much rather go than to be in school for four more years. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, so I kind of opted into doing public health and I was, I was just great. I was a great, I was a star student. 
Um, I, I was just great at it. And then it, it was actually in the School of Veterinary Medicine. So it's kind of like I was in vet school. I just wasn't becoming a doctor. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, how interesting. <laughs> yes, it, yes, I love yes. that crossover. Hmm, yes, cool. yes, yes. Um, and so, yeah, I kind of just... Um, the premier place that people want to work in this in public health is the Center for Disease Control. And I remember my freaking one of my professors who was like, what do you want to do with public health? And I was like, I want to work for the CDC, which I'm sure they hate hearing. <laughs> he wanted me to be like, I want to be a community organizer and do this and this and that. And those are things that we can do at the CDC. And he was like, no, you'll, you'll never be able to do that. I'm like, okay, well, watch me work. <laughs> yes. Have you yeah. talked to that professor? Have you ever gone back to that professor? And I said- have. He, and he's a big fan now, of course, oh. the driver and, and me actually getting on with the CDC. So he'll, if you try to bring that conversation up to him, he'll, he'll, he'll claim it never had. He doesn't remember that exactly. like the memory there. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, public health is, is is just a strong field. I, you know, I'm very passionate about minority health and bridging the gap and all of those things. So I, I really felt like it was something that I could do some good in. Um, I don't know. I used to call it a passion. Uh, I guess I can you have more than one passion, Kellen? A, a thousand percent. Okay, yes. okay, 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 okay. I'll keep it as a passion. Then. It's I a passion. Say, I, yes. I only say that to say. I have other passions and I don't know if I want to work with public health for the rest of my life, um, but it will help fund my dreams. So. Yeah. Well, um, I can't help be me being the MPH person that I was. I can't help but ask, what was it like to work at the CDC during the pandemic? <sighs> okay. Well, thankfully, I was, well, I don't know if I should say thankfully, but I wasn't working directly with anything COVID-related. So it wasn't as stressful as uh, other occupations probably were, uh, but it was stressful in the means that because people know Davey works for the CDC, he's getting text messages and calls and, and tweets and everything. And I'm like, God. I don't do that. <laughs> it's like a, a pandemic is not my department. This is not right. my department. <laughs> right. So I would direct them to the website and, and I'd be their cousin at the CDC. And I'm like, okay, guys, you're giving me big shoes to fill. But um, all in all, you know, 2020 and, and everything around that was not the best year. We will remember it for decades. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, sure. you know, having to deal with all of the violence and then all of the COVID and all the protests and all the political stuff, uh, it was rough. I will say it was rough. But I think that I would have much rather dealt with that uh, working from home than working in the office. So I guess it was a bit of a gift and a curse because now it seems like telework, as I said before, is the culture and mm -hmm. we're able to get things done uh, just as if we were in the office. Um, but, you know, no sugar coating it, 2020 and above was some BS. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in so many ways and it's changed all of us. And trying to find the ways that it's changed us for the better. Um, remote work, one of them for many of us, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but also just the way that we see 
see the world. Do you feel like, um, like socially as far as being out and doing things? Cause you do all, which we'll get to, but, um, do you feel like you're back to like pre pandemic amount of socializing or like it will never go back to what it was before? Um, okay. So one thing I used to say at tribal all the time, um, uh, and Gabby jokes on me because I literally would say it hoping that it would make air and it never did. Um, <laughs> is that, I am an extrovert in my actual life. But when I'm around these freaking reality people, I feel like I'm an introvert because everyone has these big personalities. So I say that to say, yes, I'm, I'm back to my usual uh, uh, social uh, butterfly activities, you know? That's so, um, I love that. Like in the world scale of introvert to extrovert, like you feel like you're what, like a nine out of 10 yeah, or something exactly. yeah, on the nine. big scale. Exactly. And yeah. then in the survivor world, what on the survivor world of extroversion, what number are you? Remember where I was probably about a three or a four. (laughs) (laughs) Can you relate? (laughs) I can. Yes, very much so. Like um, in my personal life with friends and stuff, I often find myself being the one who gets everybody together or makes the plans, Mm -hmm. reaches out and does all Mm -hmm. that stuff. And then sometimes with the survivor stuff, I just look and see how everyone's at events and doing that stuff all the time. I'm like, it's Wednesday. Like, how, how are you there? It's Wednesday. I'm a bit envious of uh, having that much energy to keep up with everybody, to be honest. Right. You know, and, and that's one of the also good things about teleworking. I have been able to go to some of these Wednesdays, Wednesdays events because of that. So it's yeah. like the gift and the curse of the pandemic. But hey, here we are. <laughs> I've seen you. I've seen you around uh, getting around to the parties. So it looks fun. It looks fun. Um, so I want to rewind back all the way back, even more so before, um, high school and college, but like, what was little Davy like this extroverted person, this, what were you like when you were younger? Uh, You know what, when I was younger, so I am the middle child of three boys, um, in South Carolina, Orangeburg is the city where I'm from. It's predominantly black town in the country is what we call it. So you kind of had to make your own fun there. Um, I was very outdoorsy, but believe it or not, I wasn't really a sports guy. So like my dad would have to drag me out of the house to do some type of outdoors activity when it comes to sports. But if it came to me exploring in the woods or, you know, setting deer traps and things like that, then I would be out there doing it. Now, I, know, I don't mean setting deer traps like killing deer. Me and my brothers would dig holes and set traps just to see if the deers messed with the wild, wild. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. The deer tracking system rather exactly. than a deer trap. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. Ah, there we go. That's good. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I was I was that kid that so was you, always you lived like I live in the country. I'm I'm at my parents' house now. I live in the country to a like a small town. Is that what you live near a small town or in the country to a yeah, bigger town? Yeah, more of a small town, not like out in the acres where there's a farm and everything. But I lived in a neighborhood with a other neighborhood. houses, okay. but I wasn't the only house there. But the small town was about 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm just trying um, to get a picture of yeah, what yeah, in the yeah. country means. Yes. Me being a real a real farm girl here, trying to make sure. <laughs> okay, that okay. 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 Um. But yeah, me and my brothers were uh had every pet that you could have thought of. We had dogs. We had cats. We had rabbits. We had parakeets. We had 
um, goldfish. We had it all. So I think that's where my love for animals came from. With like I said, you gotta come up with your own fun out here. Um, but I think the thing that really shaped me as a toddler was media and entertainment. And I say that to say uh, that was probably my origin story of becoming a nerd or becoming a blurred because mm-hmm. we had the freaking, what was the first system I had? Super Nintendo, <laughs> quote unquote, Nintendo. Um, also, and I our just, first, also my first system here. Yes, yes. And, yes. and then uh, now are you an only child? I have a brother who's four years older than me. So it was actually his Super Nintendo. Okay, okay, okay. Um, (laughs) You'll appreciate this story. My brother was four years older. All I ever wanted to do was play with him. How much older is your older brother? We're all four years apart. Okay, so, so yeah. you know yeah. what the yeah. what that feeling is. Yeah. And yeah. I just wanted to play Ken Griffey Jr. baseball so bad. Oh, I and, love that game. <laughs> and my brother would pretend that my <laughs> my cord was plugged in. Yeah, and like I was smart enough to know that my cord was not plugged in, but I didn't want him to know that I knew. So he would just let me be the computer team. That's how badly I wanted to play Super Nintendo. <laughs> that is adorable. <laughs> was your was your brother holding out from you or you got to play equally or how did that go? I think because I was the middle and we had a younger brother, we probably did most of that to him. Okay. All right. Yeah. He's with me, the youngest. (laughs) Yeah. But he finally kind of went for a little bit. Um, But yeah, having brothers and having a video game system, I don't want to say it became addicting, but it was something that we could do. And of course, my mother made the rule where we could only play on the weekends and not the weekdays. Did you have that rule? (laughs) I, you know, I don't remember what the, what rule is coming to my mind is like 30 minutes. We would get okay. 30 minutes. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Which is very good. short. Yeah, if I play yeah. video games now, video 30 minutes, time. like you're not getting anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So yeah, my brothers, um, we kind of just adopted that. Well, I don't, you know what? I don't know if I want to put the nerd culture on them. They had fun doing it, but it was kind of more of a lifestyle for me, you know, playing those video games. Uh, really getting into cartoons was a thing for me. As you can see my boy Invader Zim up here. Uh, really getting into comic book movies, or excuse me, comic book cartoons. We didn't have no comic book movies back then. But I kind of just really loved that entertainment. Even when it came to uh, reading books, I was a big Animorphs fan. Do you remember Animorphs? Oh my gosh, yes. I haven't thought of the Animorphs for like, I mean, maybe since childhood, but it is ringing a bell. Yes. Oh my gosh. Let me tell you how much of a nerd I was. Like I created these identification cards for my five friends in school that were also Animorphs fans. And I put their names and I I made each of us one of the characters and I gave them out one day. That's how big of a nerd I, I, I am. I won't you say what I am. You were in front of all of it. You, you were in charge. But you did have your friends. That's what I was going to ask you. Yeah, yeah. If you had your group of friends who you were doing this nerdy life with or if it, it was no. something you felt like you had to hide at home or what was yeah. that like? You know what? I don't think I had a core group of friends until I hit high school. I think I was kind of just wavering with who was into what at the time. And I'll be, you know, I guess doing my social butterflies. Now, I wasn't always a social butterfly. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, 
public school, <laughs> black public school, I'll even say, is sometimes a little nerve wracking because people will joke on you for things. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that happens everywhere, but to be a young black kid and be into uh, anime, cartoons, drawing, doodling, that wasn't something that was particularly cool. <laughs> wasn't the cool group, quote unquote, back then? Exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so I couldn't really, I mean, I could have, but I didn't really do these things out loud. I won't say they were in secret, but it's not to the level that I'm doing it now. And I'll speak about how Survivor helped me do that. Um, yeah, yes. speak about that now, you know? Yes, please. <laughs> how did, how, so you're saying that uh, Survivor contributed to your ability to live out loud as more of a nerd. Yes, I'll even patent it and calling it blurred out loud. Okay, so blurred out loud. Okay, cool. And how Um, did Survivor change that? So, uh, you know, I, like I said, I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a cool ass dude. Uh, I'm in, I'm in one of those fraternities where, um, we're kind of pretty boys and we care about how we look and we're stylish and stuff like that. So you don't really see a lot of geeky people in these types of organizations. Um, and I kind of would cater my social media to to that type of lifestyle. But here and there, I would post a Halloween picture or a Walking Dead picture here and there. But when I got on Survivor and I, I will credit it to me being a blur, that's what they were when they when those casting producers heard me say that in the room, you can kind of just see something in their eyes. And I was like. Yeah, I got this. <laughs> yes, they. I am showing them that they need me. They didn't even exactly. know I existed, yeah. and yes, I'm yes, it for yes. them. Yeah, exactly. Yes, I'm an anomaly, and they want me. And so, mm-hmm. when I got on the show, and you know, I, I I said a few nerd things here and there, but the reception that I got back from Twitter and and all of the Instagram and everything it was like, what people like this? People like that? I like this stuff. And not even just people who are also into it, but my friends are okay with me being, being, being able to be in this stuff and, and being able to do it. I'm like, okay, maybe I'll give it a shot for a little while. And so um, I was, I, I immediately, while I had that, you know, spotlight on me, I'm posting old pictures of me at Comic-Con and getting good reception from it. And I'm like, wow, I can really go somewhere with this and I can really you know, blur it out loud, so to speak. And so here we are. I, first of all, I feel in like, I've watched you for a long time and we've met, but we haven't spent a ton of time together. We've met, met at large events. And I'm just always a bit envious of how much fun and like living out loud, as you're saying that you get to do in this world um does it feel like like playing i'm afraid i don't want to use offensive terms against cosplay (laughs) world because i don't know i don't know how to say don't call it it dress up (laughs) okay just not dress but cosplay works right Yeah, yeah okay so when you have these events and you're getting ready and you're doing doing cosplay yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, 
is it feel like you're a kid again or does it feel completely different in a new way of adventure? Mm. Wow, I love this question. Um, I, I always feel like it's a promise to my younger self, um, you know, allowing him to live vicariously through the adult me. Um, so it's a different experience only because I'm an adult now, I've got money, I can do things that I want to do. Um, but it is in a childlike manner. Uh, now we're not one of those ones, we're not one of those heavy nerds that you'll see in character uh, battling in the halls. Okay. But there is a bit of nerdiness to it when you see a freaking Pikachu, Pikachu walk, walk by you in a Comic-Con, you can't help but nerd out by that. You know, yeah. a constant, a constant promise, a constant, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Um, just giving my younger self that constant bit of gratitude that reassurance for exposing me to this. And now I'm here to fully enjoy it the way that I wish. Oh, that's so cool. I, um, it was was a couple months ago now. It was just like a random Sunday. I woke up and turned to my husband and I was like, I want to go get a Nintendo Switch today because I haven't yes! had ever as an adult. I've never had a system. And we just like, okay, let's go. Like we went in the car. We went to looked on Walmart, which nearby yeah. store had one in stock. And we just like went and bought it and came home. And we were like, 10 year old us would have literally died if we knew we could just wake up one day, say we wanted Nintendo and go get it without having to ask or wait or do anything. So what is something that you splurged on recently? If you feel comfortable sharing that yeah. felt like, oh yeah, little Davy, I got you. Look at what I just did. What's something cool you invested in? Okay. So, um, and this will help me talk about my social media a little bit. So um, there's so many different social media channels, but you know one that's really slept on um, that was popular one time? Snapchat. Snapchat is becoming a new hub now because you've got the drama with TikTok. You've got Instagram. They've taken the uh, money, money away. So Snapchat is trying to compete. And in that competitiveness, they have this thing called challenges where you can win up to $5,000, $10,000 weekly just by competing as a creator. So keep that hush hush. Well, I'm on a podcast now. So <laughs> do you want me to, do you want me to rewind that? No, 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 no. No, anyone can take care of it. I, I, I'm a force to be with. Right? You're still going to win. You're still going to win. Don't worry. Go ahead, competition. So, so I don't know if you saw me on St. Patrick's Day or saw on my Instagram, but I had cosplayed a not really a leprechaun, but it looked like a leprechaun because yes. I was wearing all green. Okay. Yes. So I was a character from this Christmas movie called Jingle Jangle. And um, I was a character that Key and Peele was. But it looked so much like a leprechaun. I was like, you know what? I'll just go out and, and go think back today and be a leprechaun because that's what people are going to think I am. So I recorded that whole thing of how I painted the hat, um, how I stitched up the jacket and, you know, my creation process. And I didn't know that it would be a challenge for it later down the line, but it's just good to have that stuff in your phone. And so <clears throat> I submitted it when I saw the challenge. The challenge was just wearing green. I was like, okay, I got this. <laughs> yeah, I've got the green. Yeah, right, right, right. So I submitted a little 15 second video. Um, 
And, you know, I'm just testing Snapchat out, out at this point, you know, someone had told me about it. And well, I won $2,000 off of that. I'm like, what? Okay, so I, I say all that to say my uh, big splurge moment was buying a $1,000 Nikon camera. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I mean, right, right. I mean, and you know, I, we've had lump sums of money before because we were on Survivor, but like to have that from uh, Snapchat and to just be able to buy it like that, yeah, my younger self would have never been able to just fathom something like that. <laughs> believe, believe in that moment to like be winning something, winning the competition that you've made this whole thing and then turning that into buying a cool toy. Um, so why did you want a fancy camera not just using your phone? What are you using that for? Yes. So I'm, you know what? Another thing with Survivor is, and I, I kind of touched on this already, but just stepping into myself as a creator. Um, I've learned that you can, and, and that it's not even really about making profit off of it, um, but I've learned that I'm good at doing that. Um, I'm able to monetize on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Snapchat. And you know what? That This may be something that is a passion of mine. Yes, <laughs> and it maybe has it been, can, right? Yes, and maybe it can take me somewhere. Maybe it can help me uh, build something um, that will help me down the line. Um, so I bought that camera because uh, my iPhone, even with the cosplaying, um, I did a Walking Dead cosplay uh, at DreamHack, which is a video game conference. And I had the right idea to throw guts on myself, like real actual, I made guts. And I <laughs> I had my friends throw them on me. I'm gonna have to post a video about this. As in like green video. guts or like no, stomach no, no, guts? No, 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 like like literal guts. Like I got corn syrup, I got jelly, I got powder, I mixed it all up and I just had them throw it at, throw it at me. I don't know if you've seen the zombie shows, but it looks like I was in a zombie apocalypse. You were in a zombie apocalypse. Okay, cool. You pulled it off. But yes, what yes, happened yes. to this phone of yours in the yes. middle of the and guts? So, and so in all of my nerd glory, I didn't realize that the jelly and stuff was going to get in my screen and get in my phone and everything and mess up my phone. And so my phone is workable right now, but sometimes it's kind of hard to hear and kind of do stuff. So I'm like, you know what? I got this. <laughs> I got this lump sum of money. Let me go ahead and invest in a real creator's camera so that I can, like I said, you know, even with Survivor, you would um would go into the casting call. I was being lazy, and I until I got serious about it and made a tape. That was when they called me. So the camera is me being serious and making my tape. And who knows what it may be. Who knows? Who knows? But it's certainly easy to see how magnetic you are as a person um, and how approachable. I think that is probably an, an yeah. approachable. I mean, in a way of like, you are having so much fun and yeah. you like watching you have so much fun makes at least me feel like I could just walk into your world yeah. and that I could have fun too and like maybe I could dress up maybe I or sorry yeah. maybe I could do cosplay. <laughs> maybe I could uh, become a different you know a creature yeah. or a character yeah. or whatever yeah. and yeah. so I think that is what's magnetic about you is it doesn't feel some people you see people on social media and you're like 
oh, I could never be like that, which is not mm-hmm. the kind of people who I personally right. like to follow. Like, right. <laughs> um, I like to follow people that are doing things that feel within reach and challenge me to get out of my own box a little bit. And yeah. that's how I feel when I'm stalking ah. you from oh my, my couch at home. Thank you so much. You, you. So I told Gabby after I got off Survivor. No, excuse me. Gabby told me at Ponderosa. I don't know. She was just observing me. I don't know what the hell I was doing. I was probably playing a video game or or something. And she was like, "I've never met anyone like you," <laughs> and it really warmed my heart. So you hearing you say that as you're up there, you're up there with that Gabby compliment now. You're you, that's top. Oh, 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 well, I meant it from the heart. So I'm glad that it it touched you. Okay. So one of the recent events that you went to was the Spider-Man movie. Um, What is, what was that? What event was that? What was going on? Okay. 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 Um, and again, I'm going to give Survivor some credit. (laughs) So after Survivor, I was reached out to a magazine here in Atlanta called Jezebel Magazine. They do lifestyle content, um, home improvement content, things of that nature. And they featured me as one of the uh, most eligible bachelors of Atlanta. Oh, yeah, don't <laughs> doubt it. You know, but they only knew who I was because of Survivor. So, <laughs> so because of the networking that I did there, um, you know, they fell in love with me, of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> so now they invite me to these cool events. When they saw that my niche, quote unquote, and you know, the, the niche is what you focus your social media presence on. When they saw that my niche is kind of, you know, suave, not lifestyle with a hint of nerdum, they were like, okay, we love you. So they invite me to these nerd premieres. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. This is this is this is what I want to do. You know, it's the best yeah. of everything, lifestyle and nerd stuff. Um, and so they invited me to the Spider-Man premiere. And believe it or not, I did not have a Spider-Man costume before. Um, I'll say this for the Spider-Man fans listening. Spider-Man fandom is sometimes a bit of a cult. <laughs> yeah. Like they go heavy with their fandom. And sometimes, you know, I, I didn't think I really wanted to be a part of that. But since, you know, they invited me, I couldn't just go up in, in my regular suit and tie. I had to be a part of it because I was manifesting a picture with Issa Ray. Oh, yeah. All right. So this is the plan. You get the invite from Jezebel. You yeah. are, because of some weird Spider-Man thing, you have yeah. to dress up in an actual outfit. Yeah, yeah. And here you are deciding what you're going to wear. Yes. How, then what happens? So um, so they told me who was hosting. They said Issa Rae was hosting. Two Chains was hosting. Who's a, I'm a, he's, one, I'm, he's one of my favorite rappers. Metro Boomin was hosting. And I'm like, okay, man, this is one of those things where if I show up in a suit, no one's going to notice me because everyone's going to be in a suit. I have to wear a Spider-Man costume. So I got the costume. um, I get to the theater. I reach out to another organization here in Atlanta who has provided me with a videographer of my own um, because they want to collab because I had, you know, they always give me these plus ones or plus twos. And I always try to leverage that, uh, you know, thinking like a, a... creator um to collaborate to grow my following and to get good footage. So I didn't even bring my expensive camera. The ride, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I brought him and um he was capturing the moments. Uh and I was like, well if he's capturing the moments, I guess I don't really have to be here. I 
I can meet Issa after the movie. So she, she wasn't there yet. So I go and get my seat because I didn't want to, you know, I, I'm a nerd. I want to enjoy the movie. Yeah, and I yeah, yeah. I can't miss the show. Yeah, yeah. So, um, the, so they bring Issa Rae in. They bring Two Chains in. They're hosting. She does her little talk and then she leaves. <laughs> and I didn't even think about it. Of course, Issa's seen the movie already. She's <laughs> not going to stay for a whole nother showing. So I, where I messed up is I should have stayed out there in the lobby so that I could get a picture with her. But, you know, even still, just being in a room with these uh, these excellent people that I admire, that our creators themselves, uh, that's always a push forward for where I want to be. And I don't even know what direction I want to go to get there, but I feel like I'm on the right path and I'm in the room with those big names, you know? Yes, yes. Go and like taking the step forward, not just like you weren't um, just an audience member. Not there's anything wrong with being an audience yes. member, but yes. like you can see yourself stepping towards and having these opportunities and getting closer and closer and mm -hmm. watching and saying, okay, what this person does, I love that. I want to be more like that. And what this person just did, I don't want to be like that so much. So you're getting closer and closer to that. Yes. And probably center passion within you yeah. would be my guess. Yeah. And then again, that's a testament to the same story. I've told you again and again, going to that casting call, not being serious, and just hoping that it will work out. No, you have to live with intent. So purchasing that camera, uh, making that tape, purchasing the Spider-Man suit, that is intention. And hopefully that will lead me to where I'm headed. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, so when you're talking about casting and going to that casting call, you have had some recent stuff going on in your life because it yeah. does sound like you're spending time focusing on your work at the CDC. You're an influencer. Mm -hmm. You're doing things in the Atlanta community, but there is still options yeah. sometimes for going on TV. Is that something that you're still interested in or um, something you've laid to the side? Um, I'm going to give it a hard yes. <laughs> give it a hard yes. Okay. Hard yes. Um, man, I, I freaking loved reality TV. I felt like I was good at it and not just good at playing Survivor. But I felt like I was a good personality on screen. I felt like there had been a lot of people like me before on screen. And I got great response from it. And I got a great following from it. And me being a creator now, I could see how going on TV again could continue to help me grow that. Um, and I know sometimes fans don't like to hear, oh, they're going on there just to grow their following and stuff. But I'm like, guys, we are... We're real people, man. We we gotta make a living, you know. We are. We are. <laughs> Why real not help people. us do that? Yeah, if you're listening, <laughs> come on, Jeff. He's probably not listening, but if in the event that he does, come on. Exactly. And the only correction I would make to what you just say is you weren't good at being on reality TV. You were great, Aww, thank great you, at being on Survivor and being yourself you. as something that we all loved to watch. So uh, that's the only correction I would make to what you said, just to, you know, <laughs> rudely you. correct you I while you're on, on this show here. Uh, <laughs> so is there anything specific that you want to share about the journey yeah. and the, the 
difficulties or fun parts of like going through casting, getting yeses, getting no's that that has been for you since Survivor? Because we I've talked with the other people a lot about what their experience was like going through Survivor casting, but I haven't talked about with anyone what it's like to get a no. Yes, we all got yeses for Survivor. Right, right. Um, You know what? For the people, for the fans listening who have applied to Survivor and will sit there by their phone or sit by their emails and wait for a response, it is nothing compared (laughs) to when you're in the circle and you're doing that again and hoping to get that response because you know you're good. You know it's what will be transcribed uh, 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 great on television, but you can't figure out why it wouldn't happen for you. Um, and and I will just stop speaking codedly, but um, I was, I've, I've been in the running for a number of different reality TV shows since Survivor. Um, I was in the running for The Challenge on MTV. Uh, I was in the running for plenty of dating shows that I never really took seriously because they don't even pay them well. But you're not supposed to do it. <laughs> you're not supposed to do it for, for the money. But hey, you're supposed to do it for round up. Do it for love, Davey. Run. <laughs> Go embarrass yourself for love, okay? <laughs> right. Um, but the most recent one, which was a bit of an upset, was I was in the talks to uh, do the challenge USA um, that has just found their rap, their back now. Um, and, you know, you go through a bit of uh, ups and downs when it comes to casting because they'll call you and they make it seem like they really need you. They really want you. Nothing's going to go wrong. And then you might get ghosted or you might reach out to them and they short answer you. Um, and then, and then it's weird. So it's like, huh, you're going from zero to a hundred. So, um, I, yeah, I was in talks to be on that show, uh, all the way up until getting to the, to go on whatever it was. And then they cut me and it was, it was not a great feeling because, you know, I had already, it's like, they don't even think about the things that you prepare for. Like I had already, had my mother move in with me to watch my dog. I had already, you know, had my uh, bills become automatic so that all of that stuff would be taken care of. And, but, and you, uh, you just got to tell yourself, you know, and it sucks that you got to tell yourself this, but I guess that's Hollywood. You know, I guess you just got to roll with the punches and if it happens, it happens. If it don't, there's something bigger around the corner, right? Yeah. Trusting in that idea of like the right things will come on your plate and like how much actually being on Survivor does feel like in retrospect for a lot of us that it was the step that was within an alignment or was in alignment with our path. Mm -hmm. But understanding that the no's are just as much as a part of our path as the yeses are is Mm -hmm. so much harder. I And I can't imagine what that's like, that you were far enough along the line where you've made living arrangements, that all that stuff is going on. And you know what? That is really shitty people out there who are in casting. Like it would not hurt. I don't think the final product of the show to treat the people who are going through the process um, with with respect and understanding that we all have lives outside of that. Like we aren't just all sitting around waiting for that call. So if anyone happens to be listening, take care of your people a little bit better. Um, But also 
understanding, I'll say it, that it's not that you didn't do enough or that you aren't enough, Mm -hmm. that you did anything wrong. Like you did to get that far along in the journey, you've done everything right. And then it's a million little switches and something happened where they switch one on and switch one Mm -hmm. off and you're out. Um, I know someone pretty closely who is an alternate for Mm -hmm. survivor. Um, and they, they didn't make it. Oh, and so they had to go out there. They do the whole thing. You do all the press and everything. We didn't have alternates out with us. Oh, wow. Well, I was the alternate. (laughs) You were? Yeah, I was. Um, I was the alternate. Everyone else knew this and I'm the late, late to the bus. Yeah, yeah. I was the alternate, but not in the sense that your friend was like, they didn't fly me out with them. They fly. They flew me out to save them <laughs> because they had to get rid of the one guy who um, I replaced. Maybe yeah. I did know that and had forgotten since then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I replaced um, Therese's son. We might have a story. <laughs> so you have been through the experience of being on hold for mm-hmm. that too. Yeah, so I was like, "Let it be. Come on, man. Maybe it's gonna happen again." So of course I'm holding out hope. But hey, yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean. To, if, if I had gone, I would not have been able to grow the following that I have on Snapchat to win these challenges now. So there's always, you know, there's the right time. And maybe you can help me with this. I don't know if it's a syndrome or a, what do you call it when you have that feeling that you're not doing enough? There's a phrase for it. Like um, imposter syndrome? Imposter syndrome. Thank you, Kellen. <laughs> okay. Um, what are you imposter syndroming about? You know, just still being on that uh, wave of thinking about, you know, how I was cut. And mm. there's a lot of times where you will feel like you're not doing enough as a reality person. And you'll see these other, your friends, your peers, people who were in the spotlight with you are able to move forward and do that stuff. So sometimes it's rough to do that thing, to, to go through it. But I find that, and, and I'm so thankful for you for asking me again to do this, because I find that doing things like this and talking about it, I mean, I'm sure therapy's good too. But <laughs> <laughs> Who needs therapy when you have podcasts? <laughs> exactly. But doing podcasts and, and things like this and talking to other people who, um, may not maybe not have been through the exact same situation, but can definitely be in the room with you and understand really helps. So I just want to, I guess that sounds like more of a closing than anything, but just wanted to really thank you for inviting me because that, that, that just, even just knowing right, right then that, that was, that was very helpful. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. Just so everyone knows, I I asked Davey nicely the first time if he would come be a guest, and then I asked less nicely the second time. <laughs> Thank you for being frank. <laughs> no, I think I was still nice, but I was I, I no. turned more into like begging mode potentially. So, but I got you here, and I'm so yes, thankful. Yes, and I cannot believe that. I cannot believe it has been an hour. I'm telling you, it feels like I've been talking to you for what? ten minutes. Um, I. <laughs> Which is so crazy to me because I hate talking on the phone. So I'm like, what? How am I doing this for an hour? But hey. You are. You're here and you're stuck with me for at least 10 more minutes here. Through our our rapid fire questions. So are you ready? Let's get it. Okay. So how many times did you apply for Survivor? 
I applied. If you don't count the open casting call, I applied for Survivor one time. One time. Awesome. Uh, the three words to describe you on your CBS bio were uncommon, adventurous, and calculating. Would you like to make any changes? I would absolutely not like to make any changes. I love that those were my three words. And I think I took those questions too seriously because seeing some of the other answers, people were just like one word answers and here and there. But yeah, that's definitely me. Those are my <laughs> Those are your three. I thought so too. When I read them, I I was like, I don't think he'll be making any changes. Um, so what was the hardest part of the survivor experience? Like as in from the day you went to that casting call all the way to today, what was the hardest part and what was the best part? Okay. My hardest part is going to be physically. Um, the one thing that I hated about being out there on the island was something that I didn't even know happened to the human body, chafing. I did not know. I'm sure as a baby, I had been through it, but I was given a rude awakening and reminder on the islands of Fiji. And yeah, Joe, or whoever the doctor was back then, thankfully he was able to give us something to treat it, but that was... Oh my God, it was a nightmare. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that that happened to you. <laughs> um, best thing about the experience, uh, it's going to sound so cliche. Uh, I'm not going to say getting the CEO award. I'm not going to say making the final six, but catching an octopus the first day of the show is, I can't, I, it's you for, I can't. There's nothing better than that for me. I'm sorry. I, it's, me being the great outdoors guy, the great explorer that I am, that was just hog heaven. That's so cool. Plus, probably some of the best eating you did the whole time. Yes. yes. Yeah. Wow. Because nobody else one. wanted to try it. Yes. <laughs> nobody else wanted to try to catch it or try to eat it. Try to eat it. Well, we did, it, it had rained a lot, so we couldn't make fire, so we had to eat it raw. Oh, sushi. A little sushi. Yeah. It's not, I bet it was delicious. It was. <laughs> Oh, those are fun ones. Those are both things that people haven't said before. Um, okay. If you could go back and give yourself one piece of advice on day one of the game, what would it be? It would be to be myself, not just in the confessional. Um, I was able to be my full self in the confessionals. And after the show, my castmates were like, oh my God, why didn't you give us that baby around camp? And it wasn't it was a little bit of a culture shock because, you know, this is my first time really mass being around people outside of my race. So I think that that was it a little bit. Um, but knowing these people now, they wouldn't give a shit about that anyway. So I should have just I should have just been that authentic self and not been that authentic self because it would have gotten me further in the game. But maybe I would have, you know, made some stronger bonds with some of the Goliaths. I've made super strong bonds with you know, some of the Goliaths and, and all of the Davids, but there were a few Goliaths that I probably could have had, uh, you know, some stronger relationships with had I been that mean that I am. <laughs> Do you think that the diversity campaign would create a space for people to not necessarily feel like that as much or not necessarily? Yes, no, 100%, which is a reason that I would love to play again, which is a reason you probably wouldn't hear. But 
I would love the opportunity. I envy these diversity uh, players because they get to be that authentic self. They don't have to get, they don't have to feel in their mind that they might be alienated if they did, because that's not the case. It's 50 50, um, which is why I would love to go out there and play in a returning season as a divert in, in the 50 50 uh, uh, quota, because I think that it not only would, you know, it be a great experience uh, for the game wise, but, you know, for myself wise, I'd love to just be able to have that fair shot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And something that um, RHAP has content about, uh, I know Wendell and Bryce have done uh, panels for people to learn about diversity yeah. Yeah. and survivor. And yeah. let's just, I'll just say it this way, as a white woman, on season 36 of Survivor, I did not have to spend any time worrying about being white and going into the show. Mm-hmm. What that did for me was allow me a lot of time and mental space to prepare for the game in other ways. And mm-hmm. that is why I had an advantage going into Survivor as a white woman yeah. at that time, which is not an advantage that we want people to have because right. we want Survivor to be yeah. fair. Yeah. And so when people are curious about the diversity campaign and why it's so important, that is the opposite side of it. And that is my experience, which I admittedly um, have learned a lot about since then and had the privilege of not even thinking about that going into it and recognizing that privilege now and trying to realize that in other places in the world in which maybe I get more mental space because I'm not having to create, uh, uh, have thoughts and create space for that. So just wanted to say that, that, that is amazing. And that is a blessing because, you know, I am able to, I'm more accepting now of certain people because of this experience and seeing that people can grow in this type of way. Um, I have friends that uh, will say certain things about certain uh, types of people, but they can't feel it because they don't know people, you know? Um, and, and that may sound a little uh, uh, scatterbrained, but I just know that me, having this experience and seeing people who are able to learn from experiences and uh, speak to it publicly, it, re- it really freaking goes a long way. So thank you, Kellen. Yes, of course. Um, I hope I spoke to it in a way that makes sense for somebody listening. Um, so the part two question of this one is, did you believe going into the game that you could win? Oh my gosh, I believe that I could win, but you know who didn't believe I could win? Production. Until. <laughs> until. Did they tell you that? How do you know yeah. this? I know they didn't think that. I like, I, th- I really legit think that they just called me out there to save the day because that guy got away. But I'll tell you how I knew that I was, they knew I was a force to be reckoned with because. I found that first idol without the cameras around. <laughs> so they weren't even paying attention to me. So wow. once I found that idol and I would go up to Browning and I'm like, hey, um, can I do a conventional stone? He was like, we'll get to you. I was like, okay, just I found an idol and I'm like, what? <laughs> 
yeah, yeah. You might want to take me seriously now, bud. <laughs> yeah, my mouth is hanging open, by the way. I mean, yeah. you don't get any time away from the camera unless you say you're going to take a number one or number two. Right, right. So um, congratulations on that. I didn't know that. I wonder you've yeah, if you've probably shared it back, If you go before. back and watch. Full acting. That's my gram. That's my Emmy right here. I should have got an Emmy for it because that was all acting. They put the idol back where it was. They didn't even tell me where they put it. I think they wanted to test to make sure I actually knew where it was. And of course I did. And I put on an amazing performance because no one even knew. <laughs> no one even knew. Wow. I'm going to have to go. Going back and watching the seasons is not something I'm doing on purpose because right. I want to meet people where they are. But I'm going to yeah, okay, have okay. to go back and, and yeah. watch that. Um, wow. Wow. I wow. Um other than Survivor, what's your favorite reality TV show? Oh man, um I was a big fan of The Real World way back when. Uh that I I I went to an open casting for that too. Had I made a tape, I probably would have been on The Real World. <laughs> probably would have been on The Real World. What was your favorite season of Real World? Uh, both of the Vegas ones were great to me. You know, that's when I was a horny adolescent and all of that. <laughs> I were, I New Orleans was my favorite season. Okay, okay, sure. okay, okay, okay. I think it was like my, the first season, other than watching Survivor, it was like the first season of reality TV that I watched. And I just remember being like, oh my gosh, my <laughs> eyes were bulging out of my head the whole time. Um, oh my gosh, Netflix, Netflix tried to recreate it with this show called 20 Somethings and it didn't do great. Um, and real world tried to do another one on Facebook, but it didn't work. So I don't know. I think, I think real world's in our past. It's in our past. And all of you young <laughs> listeners go check it out. There's some, I mean, maybe not, who knows? Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, okay. Where is your favorite place in the world that visitors could visitors that listeners could visit? Oh my gosh, I was just talking about this and it's going to sound so cliche now because it's in the States, but <laughs> <laughs> San Diego, I freaking love San Diego. My best friend lives there. Kara, Angelina, Alec live there. They always make sure I have the best time in the world. I love, And my best friend lives off the beach. I don't know. It, it, had I not had family down South that I, you know, not even would miss but I feel like they need me mm -hmm. I probably would be living in San Diego because I freaking love that place. it's a so, great yeah. city it's a really fun place that's a good one because people can people can access that um do you have a book that you've read that you really liked or something that has stuck with you all the way from childhood to recently yeah um it's in the other room but I am a big horror fanatic okay uh, so the books that I do read, um, which I probably should read a little more, but uh, as we yeah. all should, <laughs> right? <laughs> but they are horror books, and they are Stephen King books. So The Shining, the original Shining book, is just one of my favorites. Um, of course, Animorphs, I've got all of those in there too. But yeah, those horror books are those things that I just because it's like you feel the most alive when you're afraid, and um, if you can make your imagination. Uh, come up with something while you're reading, then just imagine how alive you can be. <laughs> I'm scared. I'm scared of scary movies. I'm scared. Uh, although 112263 is a Stephen King book that I love, but it's not a horror. It's not a horror book, but that one you can tolerate. But um, 
I'm envious of people who are brave enough to watch scary movies and read scary books. <laughs> if you think that's something, one day with your husband, go on YouTube and play scary video games. That shit is horrifying. No, no, <laughs> no. Someone else listening, that's your homework. Not- <laughs> yes, listen, do that. Go on YouTube and just put scary video games. If you think you if you think the scary movies of this day and age are not living up to what's to be, look at horror video games. <laughs> okay. All right. I will leave that to the listeners. Um, do you have a favorite podcast or a podcast episode that you makes you think? Um I like I said, I didn't know a lot about the podcast world uh, pre-Survivor, um, but post-Survivor, you know, I love listening to uh, the post-show recaps all the time mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. They, they cover shows that I like. Um, there's also a podcast called um, Black Men Can't Jump, which is a movie uh, podcast where they just um, highlight uh, Black Roads in Hollywood. I like to listen to that one. And yeah, just those two. But you know, post show recaps everyone loves. So I yeah, try to give- yeah. No, it's a good a good suggestion. Yeah, yeah. Um, and are you a music guy? Do you have any songs on repeat on Spotify right now? Um, I am a music guy. I'm currently well. Excuse me. I like music, but I, I wouldn't kind of categorize myself as a music guy. Um, but I'm currently listening to. The Spider-Man soundtrack. <laughs> Ooh, all right. <laughs> yes, Metro Boomin um, and 2 Chains, all of them are on it. Uh, and it's just, gosh, it, you got to go see this movie, Kevin. I don't know if you've seen the first one, but it's like the music and the, the animation just coincides so well. So whenever I listen to the soundtrack, I'm reminded of the movie. So I've got to go see it again someday. Soon. Okay, so what is the first one? <laughs> Okay, the first one is called, okay, because there's, no, 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 that's a good question, because there's so many Spider-Man movies. Right. Um, Now, this this is the only animated Spider-Man movie, Um, so it's called uh, Into the Spider-Verse. The second one is Across the Spider-Verse, and the third will be Beyond the Spider-Verse. So just think Spider Verse when you. There, uh, these are the Spider Verse ones. That, okay. Yes, there we go. Yep, that's the one. I'm thinking the last um, Spider movie, Spider Man movie I saw was Tobey Maguire. Okay, okay, that's yeah, that, yeah. Tobey's good. Wait, no, I'm thinking about <laughs> I'm thinking about Tom Holland. Oh my god, <laughs> Toby! You mean the first Spider Man? <laughs> Okay, well, I did say watch the it. first one, so I thought I had. <laughs> I love that. Well, I'll just go ahead and spoil you. They did one recently where they brought Toby back. He gets to meet Tom and also Andrew, who is the second Spider-Man. So that would be a cool one for you to watch. I'm sure your husband might know about it. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll, I'll check in with him and see what I've been missing out on. I have seen Tom Holland. He looks pretty okay, okay. cute. So like, well, I haven't seen the Spider-Man movie, but I've seen pictures of him on the, on the internet. So maybe, maybe worth a watch. I'll do it for you. Um, and then last, but certainly not least people who have loved to hear what you're talking about. What is going on? I've seen you post about Beltline a lot. What is going on in your world? Where can people find you? Oh my gosh. Davey's doing so much these days. Um, so I'm, you guys can't see, but I'm wearing uh, a t-shirt that says Beltline Cosplay. 
Uh, let me speak a bit about build line. So here in Atlanta, there's this thing called the build line where uh, it tracks through a whole bunch of businesses, a bunch of stores, and it's kind of in the city's hub. And what my organization, how my organization was birthed was during the pandemic, you know, you couldn't do a lot of things indoors, but you could do things outdoors. Mm -hmm. So what me and my friends did, or they weren't even my friends then, we just found a like-mindedness around cosplayers here in Atlanta, and we started meeting up on the Beltline because it's the central area. Um, we started doing voting drives. We started doing uh, COVID tests, things of that nature that can be done outdoors. And it kind of just birthed it into an organization. So we're an organization. We do fun uh, uh, cosplay meetups. We have one this Saturday, which is uh, what's working on back here. Um, it's a fighters uh, event where you can be a video game fighter, you can be a wrestler, and I'm going to be Mr. T. So I I'm shaving my head. <laughs> I, I have a shaving my head king. I always do it. So I'm shaving my head. I'm going to be Mr. T and I'm going to walk around and say I pity the fool a lot. So it's going to be kind of fun. Super <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah. So follow. So everyone listening, go to Instagram, follow Beltline Cosplay and interact with us. You know, comment on the pictures. You see something you like, let us know so we know that we are doing things right. Now, the next thing that I'm going to talk about is what my name is centered here, uh, which is Nintendo. So I'm doing pretty good on the other social media platforms. Snapchat and TikTok are the areas that I'm kind of focused on growing right now. I'm almost at 10K on TikTok, guys. Come on, let's get in there. Follow me at Nintendo. I post cool Nintendo spoofs. And right now I'm posting a lot of Spider-Man content. Um, but it's basically Nintendo, but take out the D-O and put in the B-R-O. And I trust me, you guys will not regret it. It is in the, um, it, in the show notes for anyone who wants to click straight yes, to it. Yes. Okay. And then it's also the same thing. Oh, no, no. It's not the same thing on Snapchat. On Snapchat, it's iSnapDate. So I, I don't know. And I remember RHAP making fun of me uh, during the cast release about my all of my social media names being different. So let me just go down the line real quick. Let's go down the line. Let's hear it. Lay it out. So on Instagram, guys, I am Davey. That's it. I am Davey. On Twitter, I tweet Davey. Okay. On Twitch, I twitch Davey. And on Snapchat, I snap Davey. So it's not that hard. It's not that hard. <laughs> it's so good. They're just jealous that they were they were on me about my Instagram handles too, or my social handles. So everybody relax and go follow Davey. <laughs> Super <That's> cool. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for being here with me and letting me steal time out of your super busy life and i will continue to follow your adventures and pretend like i'm coming along for the ride and the next time in atlanta i'm in atlanta i'm gonna make you take me along for the ride oh, oh please oh, ask gabby about that when she came to visit me most recently we had a blast so trust me you will have fun awesome awesome and if you make your way to either indiana or mallorca spain those are my two places you okay. are more than welcome uh, probably you might choose the Spain location yeah. instead of Indiana, but you know, you never know what people are excited to right. find out about. So okay, thanks again, it. Davey. Thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. All right. Take care. 
was that not just the most fun ever? Davy is so infectious and his joy and curiosity for the world is so contagious. I thoroughly enjoyed that hour. If you are a fan of Road to Reality, please like, follow, share, tag me. I'll retweet, I'll repost uh, on anything good you have to say about Road to Reality. It's been so fun to have you all along for this ride. I can't believe we're running towards the end of season one limited series already. It has been a blast. Thank you all for coming along on the ride and I'll see you next time. I'd like to thank Rob Sesternino, Scott St. Pierre, and the entire RJP crew for helping make this dream come true. Jillian Goodhart is the editor. Tricky Rice, thank you for the artwork. To all my guests, thank you for your time, honesty, bravery, and vulnerability. I'm thankful from the bottom of my heart. Thank you to my dear friend from Survivor Ghost Island, Jacob Derwin, for allowing us to use his song, Mirror from Manhattan. One of my favorite songs of all time and one I played on repeat for an entire year while I recovered from my own survivor journey. To you, the listeners who have made it this far, thank you for giving me and these multifaceted guests time in your ears as our whole selves. May each of your realities lead you down a road of peace, joy, community, and a whole lot of adventure. And now here's Jacob Derwin with Mira from Manhattan. Mira from Manhattan Her name is Chelsea from Chelsea Her name is Krista from Columbus It doesn't matter much to me Now she's staring out the window She's turning on the night takes a pen to her new novel and the airplane takes flight mm, I never knew mm, I never knew mm, I never knew mm, I never knew out to Dublin Just to stop along the trail Mira hops from there to Paris I ride to Belfast on the rail Now she's cheering in the winery I'm staring at the sea her name is Mira from Manhattan It doesn't matter much to me mm, I never knew mm, I never knew mm, I never knew mm, I 
never knew you, you. making a podcast. Can you even believe it? I can't.